Chicago. He joined Thompson and Associates three or four years ago, but uh, just a, a wealth of knowledge, uh, a, a ton of experience in estate planning um, and many different avenues. So we are uh, very glad to have Charlie with us today to, to talk a little bit about private foundations. So, Charlie, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Casey. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, I want to talk a little bit about setting up a private foundation, uh, someone setting up a private foundation. So can you can you discuss a little bit about what a private foundation is and, and how, uh, you know, how, how someone would do that in a, a will or a, a revocable living trust? Sure. Um, my favorite definition of a private foundation is uh, it's a large body of money surrounded by people who want some. And um, I think that uh, a lot of people have the, 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 the misconception that uh, you've got to be you know, wealthy uh, to create them. And, and indeed, you know, there's many names like Ford, MacArthur, Vanderbilt, and Gates. That, that have family foundations, but uh, you know there's there's quite a few uh, less familiar families uh, that do it, and um, there's over you know something like sixty thousand family foundations, and I think that uh, statistics show that about seventy uh, percent of them have assets of of less than than a million dollars or close to a million dollars, and um, I think it's it's uh, uh, reflective of not only uh, the increase of wealth, notwithstanding uh, the recent recession. Uh, indeed, since since the recession, we've seen an uptick in the number of, of uh, foundations that have been created. But I think that there's uh, also reflective of a lot of non-tax reasons that uh, go into creating uh, a family foundation. Um, in my prior life as a bank officer, uh, I worked at a group that, uh, you know, we administered almost 100 uh, family foundations, and a lot of them were from folks that, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, family businesses, and, and one of my arguments was that if you're really thinking about a family legacy, uh, you see many, many, many more family foundations make the third and fourth generation uh, than you see family businesses. And so folks will, will do it, uh, create them, uh, they're attracted, uh, to setting them up as a, it's a means of perpetuating, uh, their influence and values. It's, it's closely, uh, tied to the control. Uh, unlike any other charitable gift, even, even a donor advised fund really, um, it's the one grant maker where the, the grantor has total control, not just in, in how the, the monies are dispersed, but as well as um, how the assets are managed, and uh, you know, so it's it's also uh, you know one of the issues is I've, I found in terms of with families, it's it's what we call is uh, uh, it's a neat way of financial parenting, uh, you know, where where the family gets together. In most family situations, mom and dad are in the hierarchy; they decide uh, how money is spent, how problems are solved. Uh, you create a family foundation, and it's a nice way of finding out what's on the mind of, of the next generation. Uh, you know, we have a little tradition in our household where every Thanksgiving uh, until my daughter <laughs> reached 21, we would say, okay, you've got, you know, $100, $500 to give away 
to your favorite charities. Uh, you just have to tell us why. And there's a, a, an acknowledgement there that, uh, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. You have an you have an obligation to, to share your treasures. You have an obligation to give back. And, um, you know, very interesting in terms of initially it was things like uh, Botanic Garden and the zoo, and then it became Coalition for the Homeless and uh, Chicago Food Depository. And then there were some, you know, good financial parenting tools as we discussed I remember one year uh, she complained that one of the organizations that we gave to hadn't sent her a thank you note, and um, I reminded her, well, how many thank you notes did you send out for your birthday? And, um, <laughs> and you know, so I think it's 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 and then for as as the foundation gets bigger with folks, um, you know, it's a neat way to learn uh, money management and and accountability. So it's as I said, it's it's a nice way of of giving back to the community, uh, you know. And we're not talking about um, uh, you know taking away from the family, but it's it's surplus wealth. You know, we've, we've often heard, you know, I've done better than I ever thought I would do. Uh, I want to give something back. Uh, so it's it's a neat way of doing that. Uh, we talk about too that it's you know social venture capital in terms of uh, taking a risk on on people. And also, you know, it, it rewards and encourages uh, doing good. Um, you know, it, it, it also, <clears throat> excuse me, it retains uh, not only um, uh, it retains wealth by essentially you're pre-funding your charitable gifts. Uh, you know, you, you, you've not only your charitable gifts, but um, the gifts of your family. So it, it, it protects against the vagaries of the fluctuations in annual income. Excuse me, and the uh, impact on transfer tax to succeeding generations. The other thing we found is it's it's a, it's a neat way of providing the family with a non-threatening forum in which they all come together. Um, a lot of folks feel, hey, I don't have any interest in the family business, if you will, uh, but the only way I'm going to curry favor with the parents is if I get involved in it. Well, you don't necessarily have to get involved with the family business. Um, in, in, in a family foundation, all can participate. And, uh, you know, it's what somebody said, all, all is equally talented. And, uh, you know, what's convincing uh, is conviction. And it's a neat way, then, of assuring the continuing involvement of the, the grantor's family, uh, you know, that there's – Family meetings where they come together and decide, you know, how the money is going to be spent. Uh, you know, there's a commitment to a common purpose. There's there's problem solving, and and the like. Uh, I think it also folks have find found that uh, it provides insulation from the family from grant seekers. A lot of folks are hesitant about making big grants because they don't want to get or big gifts individually because they don't want to get on somebody's list, if you will. Uh, the foundation acts as a buffer. And uh, it also decentralizes uh, the gifting process. Um, it goes from uh, a foundation, makes the gift not necessarily your decision, but this is our decision. Uh, it makes a collaborative process and uh, request is subjected to another set of eyes and, and body of experience. It's also, you know, very effective instrument for change. Um, you know, there's 
there's things about uh, you know the the recycling effort was was funded by uh started really by family foundations um i remember one time hearing when i was at children's memorial that something like 80% of uh, all medical research is funded by private foundations uh recent uh biography on charles Lindbergh uh talks about how the space program was really funded initially by foundations that got involved uh, before the government uh, got involved. And, you know, unlike um, corporations, there's there's no worry about profit. Unlike the government, there's there's no worry about uh, whether the cause is popular or not. And, and unlike uh, you know, charities, if you will, uh, there's no worry about perpetuity. So you can you have a, a tremendous amount of freedom. Um, and then, as some people have pointed out, that, that foundations are really uh, the other door upon which uh, to knock, uh, to seek uh, uh, help. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I think there's no underestimating uh, the need to be remembered. Uh, you know, private foundation memorializes the creator and the family name. Uh, you know, I've uh, asked people, you know, tell me the the names of your your parents and of course they can tell me their first names of their parents I sorry not name your your grandparents they can do that and I say okay now tell me the first names of your great-grandparents and and not many folks can do that and uh, I'll say you know well <laughs> that's family and what is that uh, three generations I said but I bet you if I ask you to name me four family foundations you could so um, I think a lot of folks uh, that need uh to be remembered. And then lastly of course is is control. Uh it's it's greater than um any other uh charitable grant making vehicle. Uh and there's as I mentioned earlier, there's more family foundations that make it to the third and fourth generation. And um, you know, it's it's as somebody said uh you know that while uh it's far better to live in mankind than it is to live in a name uh, I've always suggested that a family foundation, if you work it right, uh, it's a neat way to live in mankind and live in a name. So, um, you know, with the help of your uh, reliable attorney, uh, these can be set up during lifetime. They can be set up uh, in your will uh, at death using using excess wealth. <clears throat> I've always encouraged people, why not set it up in your lifetime and see how it works? Uh, it's the one thing... Of all the estate planning options, you know, the marital trust, the credit shelter trust. Well, you don't have to die to see how this is going to work. And indeed, uh, it's a neat way, to, you know, if you don't have to fund it, uh, with what you expect to ultimately fund it by, but see how it works. See how the family responds to it. Uh, get them involved early on so that they have a stake in it. Uh, and if the family is not taking to it, well, then, you know, eliminate it from your will, eliminate it from your trust. But as I said, I think it's it's something that uh, teaches a lot of stuff about uh, values um, and and a common purpose with the family. Yeah. Well, one last question, Charlie, and, and this is uh, from the nonprofit perspective, uh, development perspective. You know, should, should nonprofits be – wary of private foundations because it seems like, like you said, it's a decentralized giving. So now you have this relationship with a donor, but they say, well, I've got a private foundation. And so you know, can you talk briefly about uh, you know, how nonprofits should feel about private foundations? 
Well, I think, you know, number one, I would say that, that they should look at them as partners. Um, I think that, that uh, you know, you have to keep in mind that not all charitable giving and, and charitable giving arrangements are tax and cost motivated. Um, you know, if you've got a, a donor who is thinking about creating a foundation, I, I, I'd ask the question, you know, do you think it's right for you and your family? You know, from a tax standpoint and cost, uh, supporting organizations, donor-advised funds, uh, restricted gifts are, um, you know, definitely more cost and, and tax standpoint effective. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is it's, it's work to, to get a family, to keep a family foundation going. So, you know, one of the things you might, you know, is, is the family really interested? After you, what's, what's that next generation doing? I think, you know, what's the, why is your donor interested? In creating a family foundation, uh, and I would think, you know, how align your organization's goals with what the the donor wants to do. Uh, once again, you know, we talked about values. I think that uh, the same thing. You can match your organization's uh, values with with your donor's values in creating that foundation. Um, I think the other thing too is that you know it, it reinforces the need to pay attention to your donor. Uh, chances are, you know, you've had contact with your donor even before they thought about a private foundation. So any gift that they make should be the starting point, you know, for regular contact, not the end. I think it reinforces the need to make uh, your donor your partner. You know, we can't create a need, but we can't create a want. Um, if you're satisfying your donor's needs, um, you know, there's no need for them to create a foundation unless they want to do other things. But, um, you know, involve them in the problem that, that you're addressing. Those are some of the things why people create foundations, that they want to be part of the problem-solving team. Well, you know, present your donor with opportunities and, and not pay a comp. Please, um, you know, look for ways to, to, to constantly recognize and thank your donors and, and you know, remember that, that how you treat past donors is the best evidence of how <laughs> you're going to treat your future ones. Right. Um, I would also involve the donor and the family and the advisor. Uh, give them a stake in what you want to do, and then uh, you know reinforce your organization's uh, role in the community. You know the experience, expertise, and commitment to be a resource for future generations. And then lastly, live with it. Uh, people are still going to create foundations. You know, just as is your organization, and they're going to be the sole beneficiary of your donor's charitable gifts. Uh, there's as many opportunities to get support from a foundation uh, as there are from those individuals. Yeah, great. Great, Charlie. This has been great. Uh, really learned a lot. And, uh, appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for thanks for stopping by. If if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what, what's the best way to contact you? They can contact me through the Thompson website, or you can give me a call, 312-560-2622. Great. Thanks, Charlie. This has been great. Okay. Thanks, Casey. My pleasure. Thank you very much.